Welcome to the Tragedy Academy, where you are the teacher and we are the students. Together, we will learn from past tragedy to lay the foundation for a better humanity. The only supplies you'll need, an open mind and a sense of humor. So, tilt that chair back, talk out of turn, and never raise your hand, because this is the Tragedy Academy and classes in session, not pure Escala. Actually, that's one of my favorite movies because it really does give you a candid look into what the hell we're doing, and we are headed the direction of idiocracy. And oh, yeah. upgrade, that's funny, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, that movie's pretty accurate. Oh, yeah, it's scary accurate, and funny as all hell. Yeah. I could watch that anytime. Oh, man. It's one of those that I'll stop on. Everybody, I think every there's a quotable there, like, at least every five minutes, man. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And Terry Crews, Terry Crews is amazing in it <laughs> as the president. <laughs> what was his name? Macho Camacho or something like Macho Man? He was like a, a version of Macho Man in Idiocracy. You remember that, Gary? Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty crazy. Uh, Insane. That movie's coming true, which is the sad part. Oh, yeah. We're That's living what it. We said it really is coming true. It's uh, scarily yeah. accurate. accurate, excuse me. Um, welcome to the Tragedy Academy, a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone using candor and humor. My name is Jay, and today I am joined by my co-host, Gary. What's going on, my man? How you doing? Live from the middle of the desert. Gary is joining us live from an Airbnb in the middle of California desert somewhere. Yeah. The, view is the, the, the view is beautiful. It's like beyond beautiful. It's not fair. It's nice, but there's no power. <laughs> well, we're super happy. Roads. No power or roads. I see. I feel like I need that in my life. I feel like yeah. that kind of environment would give me the ability to actually decompress. I don't need any more technology in my grill. That said, uh, we are here to talk to Sam Suarez, AKA high noon. Thank you very much for being here today. High noon is, uh, well, I would say a star, a reality star tattoo artist out of Miami and Brooklyn, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mainly from the East Coast, mainly from the East Coast. Now I find myself in the Midwest, but, uh, I established myself out East. What's, what's that like? Transplanting from the East Coast to the Midwest is seriously a culture shock and people don't realize it. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it kind of catches you off guard, you know what I'm saying? Like every, you know, I find myself kind of like relaxing and saying to myself, Hey, this place is kind of, you know, normal, just like any other place. And then out of nowhere, something really Texas-y happens. <laughs> this kind of reminds me that I'm in Texas. I like that. That's too funny. <laughs> I mean, I mean, for example, I'm in a bar once in, in Austin, right? And there's a bar fight. Now that happens everywhere, right? No big deal. However, in this bar fight, the police, when they came to break up the fight, they came on horseback. They actually rolled the horse into the bar. <laughs> that seems like a bad idea. That's amazing. <laughs> That's not good. I see. You now I have to tell a story real quick because people rolling up on the scene kind of thing. And um, I was a, uh, I worked as a police officer for the army for a little while. And when I was an MP, we were doing, we had concerts. You know, they come on base and they do like, you know, a band will come like USO tour kind of thing. And the bands that came were Goo Goo Dolls and Dishwalla. And 
whatever. Great time. <laughs> we're out there. We're doing security around a bunch of people watching these two bands. And I remember a fight broke out. And there were guys in our teams or our unit that were using like four wheelers to go around the outside of the concert, make sure they were policing stuff up, or I don't know, having fun when they're actually supposed to be working kind of thing. <laughs> Who knows? We were all kids. But at the end of the day, this fight broke out and one of the guys jumped off his four wheeler to run in and, you know, help with the, uh, the other police and somebody pulled out their pepper spray and just blasted it and didn't say anything. And he had his helmet on still. So his mask was open and he caught pepper spray right through the mask and he's sitting there. And if you don't, you panic in those situations, right? When you get pepper spray to the face, small, yeah. <laughs> insignificant things become major deals. Like the buckle under your chin when you're trying to pull the helmet off your head because you have pepper spray on your face. This dude looked like a human Pez dispenser trying to pull his own fucking head off, <laughs> trying to get to his face. <laughs> it's horrifying, but it was so amazing at the same time. Like it was just wrong in every scenario. Sorry, I just had to tell that story because you talked about police entering the scene. Hey, Gary. I'm awake. It's time, it's time to take your meds. <laughs> I'm a mess today. I apologize. I'm like running around. I'm covered in dust. We got here super late and there's just all these road clothes. I, I wish I took pictures. I drive a very lowered Cadillac and you had to go off-road and like crazy. I don't even want to go look at my car in the daylight. Mm. I'm going to cry. It's like all bad. We drove like three and a half hours to get here. We're getting close and the Airbnb guy sends us the instructions. He's like, you have to go through a wash, but any car should be able to traverse it. No problem. I'm like, reading. I'm like, what? Oh, what? Wait, a what? wash. Like, like a washed out piece of like river or like yeah, road. Yeah, like a straight okay. fucking. Wow. Yeah. Like, but it's like, it's fucked. Like, it's not anywhere near a road. <laughs> you took the caddy. You took the caddy through like a flood zone. In like the middle of the night and like go around and there's coyotes. As soon as we go, like over this little thing, they're fucking running like 30 of them. I don't even smoke that much weed anymore, but like it smoked it just enough to make that not cool. Like <laughs> more, like more would have been good or none, but it was just enough to be like, oh no, like this is a thing now. <laughs> What's up with you and animals in the car? It's like Lion Country Safari when you're driving around. Last time he almost got attacked oh, yeah. by those sandhill cranes that we have here in Florida. They got like bayonets for beaks he came back all scarred from it they're five feet tall and so am i not cool like, i'm not trying to see a bird as tall as me it's like not not a good look yeah you've probably seen that shit in florida oh man but yeah new york to florida to texas that's america right you gotta like hit cali and like that's the whole country really yeah yeah right what's, what's the best and what's the worst uh i would say Anything in Louisiana is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've driven through Louisiana a few times, man. And the first thing that you notice is the smell, like the swampy smell, man. It's unmistakable, man. It's like almost as soon as you get to the county line or whatever, you know, it's like, you know, you're there. Yeah, and I agree. But that, but that aside, uh, the best thing is just actually getting to know the country. You know what I'm saying? Like to, to actually get to know different regions, to see where people are coming from. You know, I mean, we see a lot of each other now on, on the internet and everything we, but we don't get to experience enough. 
And so that that's that's the coolest thing. Yeah, diversity is a pizza, man. Yeah. And I want a slice of each one, except for pineapple. I want to try it out, <laughs> see what it's like, find out where it's coming from, and see uh, you know, where all the opinions and the understandings and the implicit biases come from that we don't realize exist. Because once you live in an area, you're like, oh, that's why they think this way, you know, or something along that lines. It's really enlightening when you start to travel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you, and you forget that it's also like it, it works two ways because like a lot of people in Texas never saw a tattooed dreadlock Puerto Rican before, you know, so. <laughs> nope, not at all. A lot of people have not seen it, period. Yeah, that's a rarity in and of itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of pizza, so I got a tattoo of a pizza because I lost a bet to a New Yorker. So I figured this would be a good segue into some of the things that you have done That's before. Amazing. I bet a guy I work with who's Italian from New York, who's more Italian. So we did a 23andMe thing and I was less Italian. So I had to get half of a pizza tattooed on my arm. I have to get a cop car tattooed on my ass next week from another bet that I lost like a year ago. So you got a problem, um, man. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's an intervention for tattoos. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys set this up? You guys have some other plan here. Like, all right. So he's been on all these tattoo shows. Like, he's seen it all. Like, he's going to help you, Gary. <laughs> There's an intervention. Yeah. <laughs> you could actually make that into a whole TikTok. Like, just completely changing each and every one but those see you bring up something you were on tattoo um what was it not tattoo nightmares but tattoo angels i think it is something along that lines oh i was um, on tattoo nightmares miami which is a which is a spin-off well of tattoo you did nightmares. a right but there was also a one episode that you did with i think it was tattoo angels yeah yeah the the right and well the reason why i bring this up is their initial tattoo for this competition was on the ass and when it's on the ass somebody said on there that you can only do one of two things it's either got to be the best tattoo you've ever seen in your life or it's got to be something funny as fuck i agree like it cannot be in between it's serious and super funny i agree i agree I agree. I mean, the ass, I mean, when you make it, that's like real estate. That's like your billboard right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody's going to check the ass, whether you admit it or not. Gary sold it to the lowest bidder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Let's face it. You either want to decorate it or make it look entertaining. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. I don't want people to laugh at my ass any more than they already do. <laughs> Bro, here's the thing, though. I've started to look at things differently, and tattoos are actually where that sprung from in a conversation I had with a kid before. And that is, if somebody looks at me and doesn't want to have an interaction with me because I have a fucking coloring on my ass, that isn't a cool person that I even need to spend a moment with. Like, why? Why <laughs> do I want to be around a person that doesn't like someone based on a fucking a cartoon on their ass? Like, it doesn't that could be why you have your ass out, though. Like, well, that's some the people problem. aren't just it's cool the... with the grown man's ass out. Now, if you have your ass yeah, out, that's a different bad. issue. <laughs> <laughs> Are you showing people at like inopportune moments? Like, you know, hey, it's at the wedding or, you know, your <laughs> Denny's. <laughs> Check out my tattoo. Parent teacher conference. <laughs> oh, yeah. try, try being a tattoo artist. They show you. 
Like they show you their ass regardless where they're at. It's the weirdest thing. Like I, I've been out in plenty of public places and people start getting into that conversation about their tattoos. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I, I mean, I, I looked at my girlfriend's, at my girlfriend's mother's ass. <laughs> but you know what? I feel like the tattoo artist gets almost a similar view as a doctor when it comes to skin. There's an immunity to judgment if it's the correct artist, you won't feel judged. So people feel as if they can share with a tattoo artist, whereas they wouldn't walk up to their Nana and whip it out. You know, they would just, they would hide it with shame or some other ridiculousness. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, it's one of the reasons why, like, as a tattoo artist, you kind of develop a kind of disarming sense of humor to just kind of get people comfortable with their own bodies and showing their own bodies and just being in the studio for X amount of time getting work done. It's a useful technique. It's not just us trying to be charming or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, they got to sit still and like, yeah, that's probably the tough part too. And they start just moving all around and wiling out and then they get mad at you if something's messed up. It's like, hey, you're flailing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a delicate balance. You have to you have to be you have to disarm people, but at the same time, you have to be a little bit stern with them when things like that happen. So, it's kind of a a balancing act. I gotta imagine though that the worst of the uh, individuals in the room has to be the one holding the hand. Well, yeah. How annoying can that hand holder yeah, be? <laughs> like, if they bring the hand holder, you know it's going to be bad. Oh man, I mean. Not for nothing. Okay. Sometimes uh, the hand holder can get so involved in a conversation with the person getting tattooed that it just gets like the chatter. It just gets a little bit much if you're working for like a couple of hours. You know what I'm saying? Like you just, just kind of want to like tune that, that type of stuff out. Most of the times a hand holder just tends to be a distraction. It doesn't turn out to benefit the person getting tattooed, really. At least in my yeah. opinion, anyway. You got to just throw the headphones on. Like, yeah. hey, I, I got to put, I have to concentrate. I'm putting these headphones on. It's for your benefit. Right. Because like, you always end up with that one person in the room that is like overly positive, supportive. They sound like a ridiculous Tony Robbins tape trying to get you through your tattoo. <laughs> it's like, shut up. Oh, yeah. We get it. It's going to oh, hurt yeah. the whole time. Can we get that out of the yeah. way? Yeah. Imagine hearing that about five times a week for a good 15 years. You'll get tired of that. <laughs> yeah, real quick. I can only imagine. So I want to circle back uh, real quick to your name because I'm, I love the fact that you have such a cool nickname, High Noon. Can you tell us what High Noon means? Oh yeah, definitely. High Noon is like the, the peak of the sun during the day. So there, there's not very much shadow. There's not a lot of shade in High Noon. Everything's at its clearest in high noon, which is why in a lot of the old westerns and everything like that, they would settle everything at like high noon, or there would be a duel or something like that high at high noon because it's the perfect visibility. So that reflects my own kind of attitude towards things. I like to be as transparent as I can, you know, as clear as I can about things. Mm. I like that. That's exactly what I wanted to hear, and I think everybody else out there needs to hear because that means that you're living an authentic life. I see that you pursue a lot of different passions and you started out with tattooing, which I mean, let's face it in the world of art, that is the most quote unquote sacred canvas. People hold <laughs> yeah. that 
very, very near and dear and your judgment and everything in between comes with it. And they've entrusted someone like yourself to it. And I always tell our um, creators when they come on the show that art is a mindful moment. And from mindful moments, we can use them to influence our world. And when we have the chance to put, let's say, ink to skin, or now you're looking into acting, you're changing your canvas to the mind, the imagination. What are you taking from that canvas and bringing to the screen on that, you know, canvas, quote unquote? Ah, this is an awesome question, really. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. I think it's really the, the underlying aspect of tattoo art is the connection with people. If I wanted to do any other type of art, I guess I would do a canvas or a wall or something like that. But drawing on people, decorating people actually allows for a deeper connection with that person. You're helping that person transform themselves into a version of themselves that they want instead of what nature has just already handed them. We're using our human experience, basically, and our, our power as a human being to go ahead and effectively make our physical bodies change. And it's, it's a strong emotional connection. And I think that acting, when done well, is that same type of emotional connection. You're able to resonate with other people. And really, as a society, we get a lot of our cues and everything like that from, from the art form you know, cinema, television, podcasts. <laughs> I guess it's the human connection to make a long answer longer. <laughs> no, that's that's the perfect answer because that's the one that resonates most with yourself. I always um I always say, oh is there method actors have some of the best understanding for humanity based on the fact that they try to live a slice of people's lives, whereas the rest of us don't even make that effort. I feel like maybe as a tattoo artist as well, that those stories, because you collect human experiences as a tattoo artist, because everyone that you're putting on somebody, like you said, it's a piece of art, it's creativity, it's their imagination, it's who they want to be. So they're telling you the most intimate details of their lives. And you have to collect a certain amount of experience from that, that you can try to relay on camera. Do you think that that's helping you oh, yeah. as well? Oh, for sure. For sure. That, that all becomes basically uh, a tool in the toolbox, you know, like all of my experiences and the diversity of people that I get to come in contact with, especially, man. I mean, at, in any week, I can, I can tattoo a police officer. I can tattoo somebody that just came out of jail. I can tattoo an 18-year-old girl on her birthday with her first tattoo. I mean, there's a really, really wide spectrum of people that I get in contact with. And I feel very enriched for that. And, and because of that, I think I want to kind of like reflect that in my, in my act. Have you seen that shift in the, you know, 15 years or so where everyone gets tattoos now? It's almost weird if someone doesn't have one. When you started, it's probably right on the cusp of when that started to happen, when it was still a fringe thing. The judgment line. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, th well things like that, they change over time. You know, when you, when you start tattooing and you start looking into the history of, of tattoos as far as like, human beings and you find out that yeah tattoos have existed since the dawn of time since the dawn of recorded time even before modern medicine people were tattooing each other really so it's it's a part of the human experience 
And just like anything else, like over time, it has its trends. So there were periods of time where tattoos were considered for just the elite. If you were an aristocrat, you could get a tattoo. And then there were other points of time where you would only be considered a criminal if you got a tattoo. So things like that kind of like change with the times, you know? So right now. Yeah. Uh, where, where I was born, it still thinks that way. Yeah. <laughs> the criminal part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So right now we're kind of enjoying like one of the uh, peaks right now. Um, we're enjoying one of the peaks for tattooing. So it's cool. It's a good time to be a tattoo artist. That's got to be enthralling with all of the people coming in at the peak of their own journey. Because let's face it. The tattoo is known as the pivotal moment for a lot of people in their lives. That tattoo changes them from who they were to who they want to be. And I could only imagine the conversations that you get could probably be some of the most emotional on the planet. Yeah, I've done, unfortunately, plenty of uh, memorial tattoos. And yeah, it gets to be pretty therapeutic when somebody can like really open up and I think there's something, there's a correlation also with the person being under physical distress for some reason too, that, that kind of like allows them to be a little bit more vulnerable maybe. So yeah, yeah. It definitely can be a very cleansing experience for the person getting a tattoo. Yeah. I've had like maybe seven hours was the longest session. And I probably told that dude everything I've ever done in my whole life. Yeah. He's probably like, oh, I don't care. Like you told me that story three hours ago. Like, like, I could could see it. Tattoo decisions can be rushed, right? And I feel like if done correctly, you should interview your artist and be comfortable with that person if you're going to make that decision. If you're going to move forward with it and really take it seriously, you wouldn't have to hopefully sit with someone that doesn't want to hear your life story. Yeah, it's definitely a vibe type of thing. You know what I mean? Who wants to get locked in a room with somebody that they don't want to be with or they can't connect with, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, it, it definitely helps to have a first initial consultation if you're planning to have a big tattoo piece. And that way you guys get to kind of feel each other out. You know, whenever you're dealing with a service, you're dealing with, with people on both ends. So you have to be able to kind of like mesh together in that, that aspect. So it's really important. I like that. Yeah, my, uh, my first tattoo was uh, a Hell's Angel named fingers who had no fingers when I was 14. My dad took me it was for my birthday. He said, what do you want? That's really going to piss your mom off. I'm like, I want a tattoo. So, um, yeah, we went to fingers in Cleveland with missing quite a few fingers from a piece of dynamite going off. And, uh, yeah, that was my first tattoo. Thanks dad. My God. <laughs> Wait, he's, he sounds like a rest of my drink now with man. I want to hang out with you, man. <laughs> yeah yeah so for, first uh, time i drink jack daniels too it's like this is gross so it's good enough for sinatra it's good enough for you i'm like okay i guess i need to drink because i'm getting my first tattoo <laughs> i'm 14 for- <laughs> yeah i mean you want to add as many things as you can to that stoop while you while you're there if you're going to go down you know like do a little weed have a couple drinks lay there enjoy the entire experience because somebody's possibly going to jail afterwards <laughs> it might be us because you just said doing a little weed that means you're the police so what, what are you going, Bro, what are you trying to I'm do here? doing a little weed right now <laughs> the police are you on the weed i am have Sorry. you tried the pot Excuse me, I'm, I'm smoking some reefer 
That's all. So I have a, I have a question. I looked at your IMDb and you've got a lot of stuff in the works. You've got pre and post-production things going on. Do you want to yeah. tell us about those movies that you have coming up? And uh follow-up question. Oh, sure. Why horror? <laughs> okay. Uh well, I'll I'll handle those in order if you don't mind. Uh, Absolutely. The stuff that I got going on, I have a movie coming out called Ash. It was filmed primarily in Wyoming. Beautiful, beautiful uh, country out there in Wyoming, the mountains and stuff like that. My first time out there, and it's definitely a, a great experience. I also have uh, an ongoing role on a web series called Last of the Force, which is a fan series based on the Star Wars mythology. Oh, that's super and cool. That's a, yeah, yeah, that's that's been a lot of fun for me because uh, it allows me to do a lot of stunt fight work. And so, yeah, it lets me get that, that out. <laughs> it's a good outlet. Nice. Uh, I love twirling around the, the lightsaber and stuff like that. It's one of my favorite things to do. So uh, those are two things that are coming out that I'm really excited about. That's awesome. You're like a big kid. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like, that's the cool part about acting. That inner child of, you know, we don't do stuff like lightsaber fight each other anymore. Like, stuff like that as adults. And if you did, it would be fun. Yeah. But you just don't, you know? You have a lot less miserable adults out there. Yeah. yeah. The only difference between actors and the rest of the world is you guys didn't choose one role for life. Right. That's right. all it is because right. we're all acting every single day. It's an act because there's no reason to yeah. do any of the stuff we're doing to begin with. And actors actually oh, yeah. just go through all the motions of everyone's experience in different ways. Whereas the rest of us will give ourselves heartburn, diarrhea and die because we chose the role of manufacturer or office dodo or whatever. Oh yeah. Yeah. If, if, if you've ever worked in an office and you've ever been through that type of training, you already know that. Essentially, they're training you to develop your office persona. They call it being your, your professionalism, right? And that's essentially training you to develop this kind of filtered version of yourself. And that's what kind of a lot of people struggle with over time is trying to separate those versions of themselves and trying to come to a, a good balance. But yeah, I mean, yeah. everybody does it. I agree with you 100%. And actually, the yeah. masks kind of represent that and the logo with uh, the Tragedy Academy, because I think that um, what we're describing is that individuals create a mask that they carry through their life that has whatever image they want people to think of them as at any given moment. The problem is, is it's not one mask, it's a sack of masks that you keep putting into a bag because of all the interactions that you have through life. And you got to remember each one of them when you come back to that person or that place with a new mask. And the problem is, is you get to around 40 years old, and your back breaks from carrying all them masks because you weren't supposed to have them to begin with. You have a mask. It's your fucking face. Wear your scars with pride. Walk around, be you. And then you don't get a fucking backache from a shit ton of masks with all the people you really don't need to be. Sorry, I ranted for a second. Wisdom. That's wisdom. Makes sense. Yeah. People need to figure that out earlier than their 40s, I think, somehow. But we're all given the same kind of bullshit. The only way to be successful is to go to college, get that starter level job, work your way up for 25 years, and then hopefully you're still alive to get that RV and head to Arizona. You know, not my thing. I can't do that. How, how many times have we seen that that's bullshit? Like, how many times... Do we see interviews with other successful people 
and see that that's bullshit. Because I would wager that more of the most successful people do not follow that kind of curriculum. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not at all. It's true. I've been in television for 20 years. I've produced over 600 episodes of TV. And, you know, I've been nominated for Emmys, all this shit. And I act like this. I wear sweatpants almost every day. And it hurt me early on. Like people wanted me to be a certain type of way. And I tried it here and there. But in the long run, being myself, people know that I'm not being fake. Because if I was, I would act a different way. And for the people that are at the highest level are much more like me. And the middle management are much more buttoned up, you know, yes, men. And I've told the highest level people from the beginning, like, hey, that's fucking stupid. I wouldn't do that. You know, then everyone else is like, oh, I thought that's a great idea. And I'm like, well, well, let's try it then. And then it's a fucking dumpster fire. My God, should have listened to him because he's the only one that at least maybe I'm wrong, but I'm being honest about it. And I think that's, that's helped me. And I just, where I'm from and how I grew up, I just, I couldn't be that other person. Just wasn't like that. So I think more people need to see people like you, people like me, you know, even if we don't get to the highest level, like we're going to live a better life. I think wherever we go, just being yourself because rich people that are fake, they're not fucking happy. You could be, you're not happy on a fucking yacht if Hell you're being no. someone else your whole life. Zero percent chance. Hell no. You know? And it's all about but. perception of who you are. It's not the mold that you're growing to. It's what you can become. All of the ways that we feel about ourselves are through the filters of other people's eyes, right? I, I saw a kid one time, he got a uh, tattoo under his eye, right? Got, I don't know, it was like a little teardrop or a diamond. That's what it was. It was done. And um, I bumped into him. He was trying to sell me something like an outlet mall. And he kind of, his defenses came down, okay. you know, his sales pitch came down. And then he was like, yo, I'm having a bad day. He's like, I got this tattoo under my eye yesterday and I feel like everybody's looking at me different. People have a tendency to open up to me in weird situations. It's just how life is. And um, I, I was thinking about it because I, I felt this kid was legit scared of the judgment that he had just taken on in his life. And all I could tell him was good fucking job because you just put a filter on your face. You know that any human that judges you based on the fact that you have a goddamn diamond under your eye, they're a piece of shit. You have weeded them out. At the drop of a hat, walk the other way. You don't need them in your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, though, because like tattoos work in the same way that communication works. Basically, it's a visual form of communication that we use between us. So you're essentially like any form of communication. You're wanting to project something. You're wanting to project a specific message. But not all the time is that message received in the way that you're intending to put it out there. And tattoos, just like any form of art, is the same is same thing. I mean, not everybody's going to pick it up. Not everybody's going to to get where you where you're coming from. Especially at face value, you know, taking a risk of putting a tattoo on your face is a statement, but it is a risk too because people have the right not to like it. You know, I mean, just the same as people have a right to like it. And this is coming from a tattoo artist. <laughs> it would be easy for me to be biased and say, yeah, everybody should just get tattoos. Yeah. Tattoo your face and everything like that. But as a human being, you have the right not to like something, you know, you don't need a tattoo just to be cool. I know plenty of people that are cool that don't have tattoos. It's more important to be real. Oh, it's it cooler day. now. At the end of the day, more important yeah. to be real with yourself. If tattoos is for you, then tattoos are for you. If they're not, then don't try to be something that you're not. You know what I mean? I support that. Yeah, yeah I agree. hundred percent. hundred percent. 
you have to know those risks. Like you have to be smart about it. You know, if you're going to get a face tattoo, people are going to, you, you know, if you're getting on your hands, your neck, your face, like there's certain places where right or wrong, people are going to make an assumption. It's going to get a and, reaction, you know, it's going to get a reaction and not over time. It's going to be a reaction that you must because we're dealing with human beings. As soon as you have an idea, as soon as you come up with an idea, somebody else, somewhere else, is already set up not to like it. <laughs> I'm going to save a bunch of homeless people. I hate homeless yeah. people. <laughs> I got a theory behind that. I think that when we are stagnant within our life and we're not courageous in our change or how we pursue our happiness, that it's so much easier to tell someone they got a shitty tattoo than it is to get to the point in life where I'm brave enough to put the tattoo I really want on myself. And that's the reason why I was upset to begin with. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah. A lot of it too is just, this is all just human, human beings, how we express ourselves to each other. You're going to vibe instantly with, with some people and some people you, you're not, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just part of being a human being. And we all got to learn how to deal with that. There's a big difference between, okay, if I see somebody that has a tattoo that I don't like, I have a choice how I express that negative thought that I'm having. Am I going to go walk up to the person and say, oh, you got a fucking stupid tattoo, man. What the fuck do you, you know what I'm saying? Am I going to do that? Or am I going to like maybe discuss it with a buddy of mine? Hey, did you see that tattoo? I mean, you know, you know, I'm not trying to be a dick and, and, and go up to the person and hurt their feelings. But at the same time, I'm, I'm able to express what I am feeling as well. You know what I'm saying? And that's a big part of the equation I think a lot of people are missing. They're too busy policing each other and, and trying to, like, watch what you say and, and, and be careful with your words and everything like that. I think that we need to be more careful with our intentions. Hmm. Right? Be like more the, mindful with the words that what, you what choose. Think about what you're, what you're making a comment on. Because, like we were saying earlier, the importance of that pivotal moment in a tattoo, you're also taking a chance at slapping there biggest decision that they've made at some point in their life and it's really not cool to sit there and make fun of it like it's just not cool yeah yeah i mean depending on what it half is. a pizza on it, your it, arm it, it, <laughs> yeah. i was just about to yeah say when that. i get this cop yeah when i get the cop car tattooed on my ass better make fun of it bro yeah i lost that bet in wyoming by the way <laughs> <laughs> you want to tell him what the bet was hey i want to make a, i want to make a bet with you I want to make a bet with you. Yeah. yeah you got to get another. I was waiting for this. You know, we're, we have a studio in Florida. So if you're in Miami, we're, we have a studio in Tampa. So right outside of Tampa. So okay. we could, we could set something up, maybe even do a, an actual tattoo here. If somebody loses a bet, if Gary's on board, I will happily tattoo Gary. Uh, if he loses this bet, I think he will though. I think he will lose this bet. Yeah, you already know that I have a problem and you're about to use that against me. <laughs> it's like going to Gamblers Anonymous and asking people for bets. Yeah. I I should I should have won both of these. I just didn't. The half a pizza so, one. The half a pizza one. That, I love that. Because that, that really takes some explanation. Yeah, it was like bullshit too, because it changes every time. Like I was like 49%. Now it's like 79.6. Like the shit is not accurate. But he was in like 98 something percent. So like I still would have Jesus. Lost, but, That's like super uh, Italian. The cop car hurts a little more. <laughs> yeah, like it just depends how far back you go. My family was all in Italy a hundred years ago. But before that, where were they? You need to go back all the way, everyone's yeah. African. 
It's bullshit, but whatever. I, if I make a bet, I pay the bet. And now I'm going to have a matchbox cop car tattooed on my ass because <laughs> I, love it. I, I work on a show called street outlaws for the discovery channel. And during the COVID lockdown, we were in a bubble in Wyoming for three months filming the show. We're all quarantined to a hotel, a hundred man crew. And, uh, one of the guys, and it's a, it's a street racing show. So the, the cast is constantly betting thousands of dollars on actual real street races. We shut down the street, but the races are real, the money, the gambling, all that's real. So we, we filmed that for years. So one of the guys decided to get a really nice hot wheels track at the hotel. Cause we weren't allowed to leave. There's everything was shut down anyways. And we went way too far. I was calling engineers from fucking Mattel. Like people were buying like research. We we're putting like graphite on the wheels. I mean, it went hard and my car, black Jesus, um, was undefeated forever. Right? Like. The song Black Jesus by Everlast came on the radio as I was opening it up. And there's a black girl that I work with. She's actually from Louisiana, full circle. And she's like, well, you got to call the car Black Jesus. And I'm like, I, I can't really probably call my car Black Jesus. She's like, I give you permission. I speak for all of us. You can call Black Jesus. I'm like, okay. I'm like, cool. And then he beats everybody but the fucking cop. And the guy that I lost I to had a cop that, car. The irony is <laughs> the worst. You're saying that the cops beat Black Jesus. The cops beat Black Jesus. <laughs> that's my new ringtone. Yeah, that's what happened. And it's the worst. Just that soundbite alone of the cops beat Black Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I won for like three weeks in a row. Like we gambled every night and we had like the big, like, yeah, yeah. We had the big tournament. I smoked everybody to the finals and here comes the sound guy just pulls out this cop car out of nowhere. And I was like, I will bet $700 and I'll bet anything you want. And he's like, he's got mad tattoos. He's like, I'll bet a tattoo. I'm like, oh, I'm shit. Yeah, whatever. He's like, loser gets the winner's car tattooed on their ass. I'm like, I got this. That fucking cop car was out. <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. Black Jesus. <laughs> I'm crying, man. I'm crying. Yeah. <laughs> Everything <laughs> in the world is wrong with this story. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It didn't go I that well. I'm uh, okay. hanging out with you guys. Definitely <laughs> hanging out with you guys at some point. Okay. I got to tell you. Just because I have to finish the story. So there's another guy. I won't say his name, but he's a comedian from Florida. He's one of our camera guys. Him and the other guy started slugging Jameson and doing foot races, which was my cue to Irish goodbye. So I'm like, no good is going to come from this. So the next day they're like, you hear what happened to home said his name. So everybody brought their dogs. There's hundred people and maybe 40 people brought their dogs. So right at the back of the parking lot, there's a hill of grass, pretty steep there so they were having the foot races and he couldn't hit the brakes fast enough so he hit the curb and stumbled down the whole hill he broke both of his arms completely both arms broken 100 stitches in his head but the worst part was he came back up just covered in dog <laughs> shit. they had for three months all the dogs had shit there oh um, no. and so i didn't i didn't have the worst day so didn't both of his arms like cast arms broken you can't even all over this shit off and just covered just... in shit. um <laughs> yeah he looks like that character in the Adam Sandler movies when nah. Steve Buscemi has his like arms like casted out with like the arm bars underneath. Yeah. Worst time to have shit on your face. Yeah, he's a he's like a really funny comedian from Florida. He'll let me <laughs> put a picture up of this, I'm sure. And oh, I'll show you. Like him just in the casts. Like 
I'm like, I had the worst night. They're like, no, you didn't. I'm like, what happened? Like, you didn't hear about Tyler? Oh, shit. Your Tyler's <laughs> dead. <laughs> uh, sorry, but he would. Yeah. The worst is like his oh, wife. Oh, like, by the way, his thing. name but is out now. Fly there. Quarantine. Yeah. Sorry, Tyler. <laughs> Tyler Council. Hollywood, Florida. I love <laughs> this guy, by the way. <laughs> oh, he's hilarious, man. He's got like, uh, he's got like comedy channel he's really funny um he's actor. he like does a lot of stuff tyler you're invited to the studio in florida yeah, I, I actually want to have him he's like really really funny but yeah his wife had to come she hadn't whatever i don't know what she does but she had to like quit her job for a week or take off fly there quarantine till she's allowed near us to get him fly him home just broken ass arms back to florida from wyoming and then like quarantine again before she went back to work that's like you keep her no matter what. Hey, That's I, your wife. I like you're like pulling an airplane with the broken arms. Like with his like with his wife carrying his stuff for him. Like just he's got his chin like a door in front of the bathroom, like hinging himself. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only place I can put him. They're all bent like a door. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! He has to man. go through the radar. He has to go through the uh, through the what the, the check in, right? The oh, check-in. Yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah. Like what happened to you? You know, standard uh, foot race, Jameson shit pile, ill. <laughs> Dude, he can't wash his head for fucking six weeks. That sucks. That's hilarious. Oh no! Like he had a shitty ass, oh, probably. Like oh man, <laughs> it's. <laughs> it's funny now and it, it was funny then too i'm like is he still alive oh, yeah that's the, that Sorry. is the only like can't be anything that's like it can't be like a mega disability anything uh above that you're definitely getting laughed out in our house we'll make sure you're alive if you're alive and you didn't like you know paralyze yourself like christopher reeves or some shit then we're gonna laugh at you and then still after yeah. about a year of being paralyzed, you've probably been made fun of in the house by that point, because that's the only way that you would be friends with us. Yeah. 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 He would be mad if we didn't make fun of him. Like. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, especially if he's a comedian, man. Right. I mean, cause like up to a certain level, misery is freaking hilarious. hundred percent. Especially when poop is involved. Yeah. Oh poop. yeah. Poop <laughs> is the great, it's the great equalizer. It don't matter who you are. You get hit with poop and you're, you're on everybody's level or under at that point. Oh yeah. <laughs> everybody's a oh, dirty Sanchez away from sure. equality. <laughs> That's a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt, sir. <laughs> All right. We're going to, we're going to get fucking uh, thrown away right off the bat. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you're not going to like us if you don't like no, that, you kind have that kind of humor. <laughs> it's like the, like you said, the tattoo was the filter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we need like a Spotify filter. <laughs> I did have one, one question that I wanted to circle back to. Sure. I was, uh, I was watching one of your lives and you were tattooing yourself. Yeah. Which by the way, super ballsy, <laughs> right? But I guess there's nobody you trust more than yourself yeah. at the same time when it comes to art. Yeah. That said, there were several tattoos on your arm and they were all kind of themed the same. They were superheroes, right? Like Wolverine, Spider-Man, I think Batman as well, or something like that. Where did the superhero tattooing come from for you? 
what is the bond that you have with superheroes? Oh man. Okay. So this is a great question. Superheroes are responsible for my very literacy. If it wasn't for comic books, if it wasn't for like Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, all those guys from the seventies and in the fifties, sixties, if it wasn't for them, I probably wouldn't be able to speak English or I wouldn't be able to draw a picture. My whole appreciation for visual storytelling comes from comic books and come to find out that even, even when making movies and everything like that, movies started off as a comic book as a storyboard. Storyboards are essentially comic books. So it all ties in together. But, uh, but yeah, initially my art, my professional art career started off. I was a freelance artist for, um, for Marvel and for a couple of indie books there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what started me, uh, essentially living off my art before I ever picked up a tattoo machine. I was doing that. I got into some trouble with the law though. And it kind of like burned that bridge with Marvel for forever. (laughs) Uh, no. Now, I, I firmly believe that this day and age, if you're authentic now and you put the right art out there, people are going to support you regardless and they will have no choice but to talk to you at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a whole different, it was a whole different animal back then. You know, back then, comic book companies were still taking non-solicited submissions, which is something that they don't do anymore. Back then, you could send something into the uh, editor in chief, and they, you know, there'd be a chance that them or one of their assistant editors, something like that, would look at it, maybe pass it on to them or something like that. You know, nowadays you generally have to pretty much kick up enough dust in order to be noticed. So it's a lot different now than it was back then. What do we think about NFTs? Do we think NFTs are going to give that a comeback? Give artists a chance? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because essentially. The NFT issue is something that had to have been addressed years ago. I mean, back when we first started publishing online, it was just that it needed to catch up. Like, like when you're, when, when I, when I was doing this, um, the single that I just finished doing this musical single that I just finished doing, I found out that a lot of the business was set up for a time before the internet. Right. So when you're trying to put out music, they were able most of the oldest systems like ASCAP, BMI, and everything like that were geared towards radio play mm. and uh, cutting out an album. And they weren't really prepared for the internet or the impact that that would have on sales. So that's when you come out with, with other companies that are dealing with those type of royalties. I had no idea that that even existed before I tried, you know, make some music. Right. And so now everything else creative is following suit. Visual art, you know, tattoos. If you make a movie, sometimes you have to sign a waiver off of an, on your tattoos. You have to get your tattoos approved by your tattoo artist so you don't get sued. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things that... It's happening a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of things that people didn't consider before. But now, you know, artists are, are basically being able to, to protect their own creative property. So that's pretty good. I love it. I think that it's put us at a, it's, it's almost like a digital renaissance. Yeah. The way that all of these opportunities are to come forward with people that had, didn't have a chance to showcase their art, you know, in the past, I, I joke around. I've always, I think that I've always, I think there's a missing invention right now that could exist that I can't for the life of me, even think of trying to come up with outside of the fact that I think that homes. I think this bridges an age gap. I think that homes should come with a set of glasses now 
where you can place your digital art on the walls or a set of headphones or something like that. And you can showcase your NFT art that you've purchased because the biggest complaint that people have is that it's not tangible. Well, if you put it on a wall, suddenly it's quote unquote tangible, which is stupid. Art is art, no matter what form it exists in, but if you need to bridge that gap. Why not some green screen walls in the house and some crazy ass wallpaper or whatever you want your art to be that week? Um, because I just think that we, it's limitless now. It'll go there. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just got finished playing this video game that's called, uh, Watch Dogs. I don't know if you guys ever played it, but I just played the latest installment of Watch Dogs and they have this concept in it where they, it's clothing that the outer layer of the clothing is actually an LED display, right? So that coupled with your own like artwork and stuff like that, you could have like designer clothing and stuff like that based on your NFTs, like constantly changing on the body and stuff like that, which I think is pretty cool. LED fibers. How long before people yeah. have billboards? <laughs> like when they're selling they're, 30 second ads they, on the back. They already the have the technology. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we've will. seen the precursors it's, it's with the there. masks and stuff, right? The, uh, you've never seen the, the rave masks that they have with the LEDs on it. Yep. So they're, they're already kind of like, kind of touching on that already. So it shouldn't be too long. Yeah, it's, it exists. It's just expensive probably right now, but as the cost comes down, it'll be everywhere. I'm well, sure. I mean, it's not a whole lot different than what we do today. When you think about the NFT art and the clothing and the shoes and the things like that, when you have your avatar in there and you're moving around through the world, that's still pieces of people's art. And they're making NFTs like Nike and Reebok and companies like that are saying, all right, you want a custom shoe? We're going to have this artist sit down and they're going to give you the best shoe that they can design. And it is number one, two, three, four, five, eight. And it is your NFT shoe for life. And if we're all doing web three meta type work or what we're doing at this very moment, right. And that's remotely communicating, then why not, why not capitalize on that? And it takes away from, it gives you ultimate expression, removes disabilities from the initial interaction the judgment, all those things, you get to portray who you want to be. I mean, there's a certain amount of hiding you can do in that, but I think that it's just really a gateway to an epic amount of change in the world with art having a a huge role in it. Yeah. Yeah, it's similar to the music, though. It's like waters it down so much that it becomes where anybody could put out anything. So I think you have to dig mm. more than you used to have to, you know, dig for quality stuff. But it also gives anybody the ability to, you know, put that out there. When I started doing music was before the internet and I, I rode through that whole wave and like I used to sell tapes and CDs out of the back of a car and like everything changed. And I think that uh, art's the same way. You know, I grew up doing graffiti and our whole thing was like to be seen, right? And we'd lie. We'd hit a train and say, oh man, somebody told me they saw that in Kansas City, you know, or whatever. <laughs> now the whole world could see your shit. And I'm sure, you know, growing up as an artist in New York, it's the Mecca of that, um, you know, going all city and shit like that. It's like we had the balls and the ability to like bomb everything. And now it's the whole world. And if your shit's good, I think the cream rises to the top. Always eventually. does. Fake falls yeah. out. Yeah. 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 And it's funny that you mentioned that too, because it kind of follows the trend with street artists becoming gallery artists. Right. Cause like, yeah. you know, artists like 
Banksy and, you know, just a lot of really well-known street artists that are known and have their roots in graffiti and stuff like that have since transitioned to like well-known galleries and their artwork is now worth like thousands of dollars and stuff like that. When before they were just giving it to us for free on the walls and stuff. People have bought buildings that Banksy had put art on yeah. to cut the wall out yeah. just to have the piece of art because it was worth more than the building. Yeah. I'm like, that's pretty nuts shit. I mean, there's knockoffs. There's knockoffs that you know it's a knockoff and they're still charging top dollar for these knockoffs. You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 insane. It's insane. But, I mean, again, it's a natural progression. You know, it's going to benefit some and it's going to have its downside too. We just got to be prepared for, for both. We tend to you know? tow the downside behind yeah, us. Overall, it's we good. We go in with good intentions or the original pioneers that start an artistic movement of some sort and then money comes in behind it and tries to replicate it as many times as possible watered down without fucking any real heart or soul and you end up with just a pile of shit yeah yeah basically i think that's just a human thing that we do you know something just becomes so popular that it just gets played out we want the authenticity yeah 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 even something as authentic as like, let's say, let's say the Beatles, right? There was a time where the Beatles were oversaturating their own market, right? You had Beatles everything. They would even agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so as, as quality as the Beatles music and, and everything else that they did was, there comes a point where it, it, even being as real in it and as authentic as you are, it's just people just want something different. You know what I mean? People are just going to be wanting something different. It's just a human, human nature. Well, they're going to continue to want it until they address what that cavity is that they're trying to fill within themselves. If you're trying to grab somebody else's authenticity, uh, excuse me, authenticity and make that your flame, then it's just not going to fucking work out for you. You're going to, you're going to fucking go out. You can't pass an authentic torch. No, no, you can't. You can't. Like ODB saying, God, keep it real. Yeah, no doubt. Man, yeah, ODB, it, I haven't thought about him in a long time. <laughs> if I was at home in my studio, you would see all my oh, my Wu-Tang art behind me. You got to check out one of the, the previous episodes. You'd appreciate it with the ODB quote. I just submitted for a part on the Wu-Tang, the Wu-Tang show, so keep your fingers crossed where you would. Oh, that'd be super oh. cool. <laughs> oh, I will. I love, I, I love that show. That's phenomenally good. Like, it, yeah. Yeah, I'm a huge Wu-Tang fan. Uh, always have been. I got Wu-Tang pillows on my couch. I'm a sneakerhead, and I ended up buying Crocs because they were Wu-Tang Crocs. I was like, waiting for you to say it. I was gonna, I was gonna drop it on you because you were all hell bent on no Crocs ever. That it was giving up on life. That it was all these horrible things. And then all of a sudden, you send this picture, and they're fucking bright yellow Wu-Tang Crocs. Yeah, they're for the children. <laughs> you gonna veil it with charity <laughs> yeah so who takes for who takes for the kids good i got a, I got a story about who's paying man that's a t-shirt <laughs> it, it is it, oh, it already is I got a story about Wu-Tang man we've we actually fought the opening act to a Wu-Tang show in Miami while they were opening nice like we had a we had a Love fight <laughs> during the opening during the opening, yeah, with the opening act. Yes, that's very Wu Tang. Hip hop. Yeah, I've been in a lot of fights at hip hop shows. Uh, who won? 
<laughs> the funny thing is, I'd say that hip hop shows and like hardcore rock shows are almost exactly the same, except that in a hip hop show, you know when the fight is over. <laughs> in a rock show with the mosh pit going on and everything like that, you're not really so sure when the fight starts or when it finishes. Yeah. Did you just hit me too hard or did I sign up for this? Am I supposed to hit you back? Yeah. And how hard? <laughs> yeah, because I've seen some some videos of dudes getting their fucking blocks knocked off and unintentionally. Like, yeah. and then they just turn around and shake hands. And I'm like, how are you? You forgot math. He hit you so hard. And now you're just like giving him daps and walking away. <laughs> yeah. That's like, that's white people shit. You know, they don't have enough excitement where they grew up at. So they do shit like... <laughs> Get an Airbnb where you have to drive through a wash for an hour or punch each other at a concert. You know, if you're, if you're from Cleveland, you just go to the liquor store after dark and it's everything you need's right there. Brisk, danger, excitement, get punched in the face. You're, uh, you know, Brooklyn, pretty sure you see everything you need to see. Maybe not now. People used to run because they had to. Now they run because they want to in Brooklyn. I had a friend, I got a friend that's from Park Slope that always says that like, you used to see yeah. people running because oh, they'd be chased. Now they're just jogging in the morning, getting their Starbucks. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. Some gentrification oh, going on man. here. It's so crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. Like, I saw a picture of, of Brighton Beach, Brooklyn, back in the 80s when I was young. You look at it now, it's completely, like, it's a completely different setup, man. It's like, no way is it the same city. Yeah, that was no like way. Russian mob and, like, gang shit. Now it's, like, fucking Bad Baths and Beyond. And like whatever's more fancy than Starbucks. Yeah, Chicago did this too. Yeah. yeah. Chicago's been transforming the South Side, I think Gold Coast or other areas like that, and turning them into something completely. And I love Chicago yeah, too. Like, and running people out of I the I love same Chicago. Time. Chicago is New York's sister mm-hmm. city. I lived there for a couple of years. Yeah, it's like, it's, I like Chicago. It's Midwest New York. You know, it's like got the best of both, I think. But it's got yeah. a lot of problems. It does. And it's isolated in an area and being forcefully yeah. created and then put on a screen every single day. When we all know that if you've been to Chicago, you can't do anything inside that city limits without getting hemmed up. It is not going to happen. They are going to make you an example. You're going to jail in front of God and everybody. Nothing happens inside that city. That's why it's so damn clean. Like you go to New York and then you go to Chicago and you look at the streets and you look at the streets there. It's two different worlds. <laughs> Chicago is sweet yeah. New York. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I love, I love Chicago though. I mean, it has the same kind of like architecture as, as old New York, you know? So you mm-hmm. got to appreciate that. Yeah. I lived on South Loop for a couple of years. I lived right there by Grant Park, had an apartment there and it was amazing. And like I said, you were talking about dangerousness and that kind of stuff. I used to go on my slippers down to the street to the 7-Eleven to buy snacks at like 3 a.m. That's how safe wow. it was there. Might even a high five the one homeless guy who was always there, give him a couple bucks, but nothing else. Nothing Certain bothers that, you there. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> am I able to share my screen? Is that a thing that will work? You don't have to put this on the show, but just for... Uh, yeah, you can. see. How do I... I'll wrap it up after. Yeah, I think you we'll I'll, I'll get I'll get it signed off on. Can you see that? Share. Not screen. yet. How about now? Oh, I forgot to have this marker, man. They added a new feature to the uh, system where I can start putting marks on the audio for when everything's, when it's something said that's cool. 
and you can just mark it so you don't have to go back home on that shit later. It's basically the job the guy had in the radio station yeah. in the 80s when they're like, work that. <laughs> <laughs> now it's a, now it's a mouse click. <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> oh, it's not working. No, we don't see anything, which makes this amazing. Just keep. How about now? Keep asking you if we see it. Can you see me out? Like grandpa Nothing. with FaceTime. Giving us that Ace Ventura face when he's like on the screen. Like that's old school, man. I miss that's another movie that I'll stop yeah. on. If I'm flipping through and it pops up, I'm gonna land on it. There's a few movies out there. Friday, um, Ace Ventura, uh, Forrest Gump. There's, there's certain ones that'll just grab me and I won't go past that brother, you know, like a Goonies Goonies. I'm going to stop step brothers. Yes. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Not allowing to share. Yes. I'm going to until it works. Are you still trying to share? I'm going to leave this right now. You're on. It's becoming, it's becoming. You're just not letting me share. We'll just keep you going. (laughs) Bro. I don't have the ability to take away your abilities. And if you have a share button in front of you, I'm definitely not overriding. You're share override right now. And if I was, I wouldn't tell you. I would let you continue to flop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would expect the same treatment. Entertainment. How long before you figure out? This this isn't this isn't cool, guys. That's love, man. That's like oh, that's a guys friendship. friendship. Like, if you haven't cupped a fart and dropped it on a friend's nose, you're not a man. <laughs> and I think you should be able to do that to girls, like too. Sometimes I don't love to fan how girls are friends with each other because they don't do that type of stuff. Or not. That's the problem. Oh, they do. They do <laughs> when we're not there. <laughs> They're, they, I guarantee it. There's no way they can't. Like, how, how could you be friends with somebody and you've never wrestled them? Like, Really? Yeah, dude, that's like a rite of passage. If you haven't put your friend, oh, there it is. I see the arms. Holy, <laughs> bro! How does he do anything? He can't grab his own junk. Oh yeah, I mean, he, he had one of those like things that you like. Beautiful beard, though. Compliment him on the beard from me. Oh, he's gonna hate that because like one day at work he lost a bet and had only wear half his beard, mm. and they didn't like that. Bro, you guys are like those guys from Rat Race. You don't bet your beard. Why would you bet your beard? Um, because we are not that smart. Dude, I look like a fat baby when I get my face shaved. I'm not doing that. Yeah, it wasn't a good look for him either, especially with half a beard. Uh, For that show, we travel the country, 100 people. It's like 96 dudes, four girls that are like, why do I do this? You know, we get stuck a lot of places and, and we're on like, actual street racers who at one point were on the other side of the law, maybe still are at times. So they're like, they're like us break balls, fucking do crazy shit. And they drive 200 miles an hour down a road. It's pretty wild. People get ballsy when cameras come out too, and they get a chance to shine. Mm-hmm. They do. They, oh, yeah. I've fought oh, yeah. a lot of people at work because of that. I mean, at first it was all good when they had those, uh, those videos. Remember the late night videos that they would have the commercials and the girls would, the girls gone wild. <laughs> yeah. The girls gone wild commercials. Those were, yeah, those were amazing. It was good. Yeah. That was the, that was the good side of, of the camera crazy. Yeah. I applied for, for there when I first moved to LA in 2006 or around there. And they told me I was too professional and I was not professional at all at that time. So that will tell you like how the, you weren't, you weren't frat enough. That was a frat party <laughs> if there ever was one. Oh yeah. You didn't have an eyes on an alligator on your shirt. You weren't getting in. Yeah. 
Not, <laughs> I was in the anti-fraternity fraternity. Yeah. <laughs> I did, I did, but it was like 4X. <laughs> Hanging down to the knees. <laughs> this is the right year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you dated yourself hardcore right yeah. there. Yeah. Bro, I got oh, yeah, I'm in right down the front of mine now. I don't care. It's character. Good. Builds character. You guys, are, you hey, guys both I got so too right there. It's, yeah. Yes. I, I, I have it on my face. <laughs> I don't have it on my head. And my, my wife gets mad about that. Yeah, I can't, She's like, you yeah. have no gray hairs on your head. And I'm like, oh, I'm sure they're coming. But dudes can yeah. get gray in their hair and roll on. Like, we, we like, age yeah. with, like, fine wine, you know. And we make Women, yeah. we make feel like they're not beautiful the older they get. And that's not cool. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, I guess, I guess it is the things that we consider feminine versus the things that we consider masculine. Feminine is always considered, like, smooth and supple with you know once you get a few wrinkles or stretch marks that kind of like goes against that uh, at least you know that with that way of thinking anyway i don't personally think that no that's we talked about this before that uh during the um the pandemic women were never more beautiful than when they were all collectively not wearing makeup and dressing up to go see people constantly when they were just looking natural god it was like stress seemed to go down just because of that yeah. Like I felt, I felt comfortable for them. Yeah. It, it's true. Like it's a whole thing, like two hours minimum for most to do what? Cause the guys don't really care. It's the, it's like for other women, I don't care what your eyelashes look like. You're going to go spend a four hour point with eyes open and get one individual lash put on for $500 all day. Like why? Like, <laughs> I don't like Because yeah. society told her she wasn't pretty until she did. We tell women they're not beautiful until they're old enough to put their face on. When we allow them to get their first set of makeup and put it on, then, ooh, you're pretty. That's when we first start doting over them. When we give them that extra love. Oh, my God, she's a princess. Oh, my God, she's pretty now. Oh, my God, all this shit. And then what do we get? Well, I get that high when I have it on my face. And then people will love me when I'm in that place. And it's not fucking the case. And I just rhymed a whole fucking bunch of shit. Like, I'm. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Reverend Al yeah, Jarchin for a minute there. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, I want yeah. to thank you so much for coming in. We're at an hour and 13. Uh, I'm telling you, you're welcome back anytime. And uh, if you get into Miami you. or you find yourself in Florida, you got to come by the studio, man. Um, for sure. sure. Would love to have you in. Um, I don't have any additional questions right now, but I can, uh, definitely want to hear your music and I want to see some more of your art. I can't wait for your, uh, your movies to come out. Can you tell everybody where to find you? Uh, yeah, I'm on IMBD, Sam Suarez, AKA High Noon. You can look out for my new single chills on all musical platforms and the video should be dropping on YouTube this weekend. High Noon, baby. Nice. Gary, what you got? What do you want to wrap up on? You got it. I wanted to check out the music. Um, you know, that's a huge part of my life. I think that's another episode, honestly. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I hate that we didn't get there, but it gives us an excuse to have you back quick. So, um, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I want to check in that fact, out. Let's, I would let's, be let's plan on that. Yeah. Let's get let's get you back in here to to talk about that release and how it's being received and and what came behind the music. We're Let's both uh, music people ourselves. We produce music as well and love it. So the ability to okay. have that conversation is something that I love. 
market. This is a great sure. platform to have those conversations. Maybe we make that a detention. Throw it off to the side, have some fun with it, put slap an MA sticker on it, and uh, have sure, some rock. All right, no pants. <laughs> right on, man. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, and remember, be cool and keep learning. What's up, academics? This episode is sponsored by PodPage. Build a beautiful podcast website in five minutes. Automatically create a beautiful listener-friendly podcast site from your RSS feed. So you can import your RSS feed into this site and it automatically generates everything for you. Puts in your artwork, puts in your show notes, puts in all those links, your guest info, everything right there. You get to customize the design to create a professional look that you'll be proud of in a few clicks. You don't have to have a coding background. Don't have to have technical knowledge. This is all plug and play. Choose the design you like, fit and tailored to your brand, the right colors, the right layout. So many different things to choose from. The templates are endless. If you're a beginner, then go to PodPage and find the most organized way to create and monetize your show using the easiest templates. Start out on the right foot. And for veterans, have you been looking for a way to streamline your workflow and focus on what matters, the content, or your listeners, then go to PodPage, plug in your RSS, and preview your site for free. No more WordPress and YouTube videos to figure out what else needs to be integrated. Not only will you get the best centralized podcast website, you're going to also find all the missed opportunities for monetization, branding, and critical integrations at the click of a mouse. Whether you want to start a new show or take your existing one to a whole new level, PodPage is the best source to create your site. There are three tiers to choose from, free, basic, and pro. Basic gets you that custom domain, free gets your feet wet, and then of course pro, that's where you engage your listeners. So get out there, go to thetragedyacademy.com, click on the sponsors tab, and help support the show by clicking the pod page link and purchasing your new site today. And remember academics, be cool and keep learning.